Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca, your host. I hope everybody's been doing good. And for those of you who celebrate Halloween or really into fall, um, I hope you guys are having fun decorating. Um, We recently just uh, got a store in our mall. It used to be an old Sears, but they turned it into a Hobby Lobby. And I know there are plenty of ladies out there who probably know what a Hobby Lobby is. I don't know if it's just on the West Coast or if it's, you know, uh, across the country or what. But, you know, I'm a big fan of going to Joanne's Crafts or the Craft Warehouse or Michael's. Oh, my God, this place, it's absolutely incredible and the prices are really good and um as i was posting about and actually mentioned on uh the last midweek ponder was that i had made that uh hot 50 list for the podcast magazine and my husband i told him i wanted to frame it he said well i was thinking we should just go to hobby lobby because they have a lot to choose from yes a man my husband said yeah let's go to hobby lobby and get a nice frame and i did it's a real rustic looking frame you know it's distressed a little bit and it's it's cool but of course we left there with a new tree skirt for Christmas because I'm totally into that black and red you know buffalo plaid and then the red trucks with the green trees and stuff and so every time we go we're buying more and more decorations and the thing is is we have so many up in our attic yeah we're gonna have to like have a garage sale to get rid of some of the old stuff (laughs) It's fun. Or I can give it to, of course, my children as they start to have their own homes and decorate and things like that. It's always kind of fun to pass things down. Or they'll just go, yuck, now I'll get my own. (laughs) Before we get started with today's story, I wanted to read an article because I haven't read one in a few episodes, so I figured it was time. This was on fatherly.com. Of course, I'll always have the links in my episode notes. Um, And it's called... Well, it's under the subject of love and money relationships, the reasons why married women cheat on their husbands. What is it that drives women to cheat and what can men do to prevent it? And an infidelity researcher weighs in and it's by Jeremy Brown and it was updated September 14th of 2020. It says this, most married couples don't ever imagine their relationship ending in infidelity. But the truth is that even the happiest marriages can be often rocked by cheating. There are many reasons men and women cheat. Loneliness plays a role, as does boredom, 
and alcohol. Maybe a close relationship with a colleague goes too far during a long night at the office. Or a spouse turns to infidelity to fill a physical or an emotional void left unfilled by their spouses. The root of causes of cheating are varied, but infidelity is common. And it's not just men who are unfaithful. Women cheat on their husbands more than we think. And a side note, we've talked about this, haven't we? We've been pretty candid about it on the show that this happens more often with women than people want to admit. Okay, back to the article. We have this idea socially that men are cheaters. All men are susceptible to cheating. That men are dogs, right? Says Alicia M. Walker, an associate professor of sociology at Missouri State University. But the data tells a different story. In the process of writing her book, The Secret Life of the Cheating Wife, Power, Pragmatism, and Pleasure in Women's Infidelity, Walker learned that women cheat at the same rates as men, if not more. Turns out, the cheating wife is not an anomaly. And depending on the age group and behavior, sometimes women cheat even more often than men. Way more women are cheating than we think, she says. We just don't like to talk about it, and we don't like to think about it. You don't want to think that your neighbor, your Sunday school teacher, or your friend is doing this. But the reality is, you know a woman who's cheating, and you just don't know that she is. So, why do women cheat? The reasons for infidelity are complex and unique to each relationship. Walker makes clear there is no one specific reason for infidelity within a marriage. Some women cheat to avoid boredom. Other women cheat because they feel neglected. Still, other women say they cheat just because they want to. Quote, A lot of time the reasons are physical, sometimes they're emotional, and sometimes as much as we don't want to admit this or know this, sometimes it's just a matter of somebody having an opportunity. End quote, says Walker. Quote, there are a, There's a lot of data showing that women will have an affair with a co-worker and are more likely to report that my marriage is great and I'm super satisfied. I literally saw an opportunity and took advantage of it. End quote. The concept of a cheating wife contrasts a lot of what our culture tells us about women. Quote, we want to think women as not particularly sexual unless they're deeply in love or married or in some monogamous relationship of some kind. We just don't want to think that women are just as sexual and just as interested in having sex with multiple partners or a variety of partners or they get bored with marital sex. End quote. What to do about cheating in the marriage? Given the emotional and financial tolls of cheating, not to even mention their impact on children, which is bigger still, rethinking our preconceptions about female infidelity is only the beginning. Open minds are important, but when it comes to preventing infidelity, communication is paramount. All relationships need to begin with an honest conversation about sex, preferably before marriage. Quote, something that some of the women in my study brought up that I never thought about was that they were searching for an affair partner. They were having these candid, frank discussions about sexual compatibility and sexual preferences. End quote, Walker said, quote, when I got married, I never had any of these conversations. And I started thinking, you know, that's true. We don't have those conversations. We kind of wander into these romantic pairings and we fall in love. And we kind of think that sex is going to take care of itself. But according to the data, that's just not true. 
Part of those frank discussions is being open to what your spouse is interested in. A lot of the women Walker interviewed said that when they talked openly about their fantasies or desires to their husbands, they were met with disgust and made to feel ashamed. Cheating presented them with an opportunity to feel validated and accepted. Quote, it was really pretty sobering, to be honest with you, Walker says. This is a person who's pledged to love you for all time, and you say to them, hey, I want to try role-playing or whatever it is, and then to think about having the person that you love and trust the most say, that's disgusting, what's wrong with you? If you listen to that for years, and then in walks somebody who's not only like, that's not disgusting, but they're into it, you can see how attractive that would be. Infidelity versus Open Marriages In conducting her research, Walker was surprised to learn that a lot of the women that she interviewed were interested in the prospect of an open marriage. Quote, they don't want to leave their husband. They love their husband. They've got a great life, but what they really want is variety in their sexual partners, she said. Quote, it's just, it's not just, oh, I want my husband and I want one affair. It's, I want my husband and I want to taste all the parts in the menu. Walker also discovered that women who cheat see it as an exercise in power. The socially accepted norm when it comes to coupling is that the man asks the woman out, the man pays for dinner, the man proposes marriage. While the ideas behind these traditions may be chivalrous, Walker says that the women she spoke to eventually felt confined by them. Quote, they always felt like they had been chosen rather than choosing themselves, she said. And then they go on to Ashley Madison or any other site, and there are all these men, and now they're choosing rather than being chosen. In the end, attentiveness is the key. When you're with your spouse, Walker says it's vital to make sure you're thinking of her needs as well as your own. Quote, any man who is concerned about this, she says, should, you should really start looking at your own behavior in the bedroom and really make sure that you're holding up your end of the table. Because if you're not, there's somebody out there who's more than willing to do that. Huh. It's real interesting because I was just um, listening to the podcast interview that I did with the um, Better Yourself podcast. Uh, I had been interviewed regarding emotional affairs. And uh, most of the stuff we talked about was pretty much what this article was about. And uh, so, yeah, that's really, really, really good information, I think. Um, so I just had to share that with you. Today, we're going to talk about uh, Beth Ann. She submitted her story back to me in early July. And um, I had joined a couple of new groups, and she happened to be on one of them and had admitted to being unfaithful. And I always reach out to people when I pose that question, hey, have you been unfaithful? Um, to your husband or boyfriend, and those that say yes, I ask permission to contact him, and then I'll talk with them and share with them what I do. And uh, Beth Ann was kind enough to write out her story almost right away and get it sent over. I do want to warn, though, that there is um, some sensitive material when it comes to children and um, death. So I just wanted to warn you that that it may be triggering for some that have lost a child. So I just wanted to warn you before we got started. I had a normal relationship with my mother. As far as fathers go, let's just say I've had my fair share. Mother's been married to the man I call father for 40 years. 
In my teenage years, there were two things I wanted to be. One, a teacher, or two, a housewife. I'm laughing now. I'm not sure what a late bloomer is, but I started having sex when I was 16. We had been dating for a year, and we continued dating until June of 1986. That's when I met him, Butler. Why, he and I had a whirlwind romance, once-in-a-lifetime love. We married after three months of dating. I had just turned 18, two days prior. But being young and in love, we didn't want to be away from each other, and back then, living together just wasn't right. We divorced 10 years with one child. To this point, I had only slept with my first boyfriend ever and my husband, but boy, did I make up for lost time. I became a slut and an alcoholic. Now at this point, I was still sleeping with my husband also. We were separated, but still sleeping together. So I met this guy, slept with him one time. Well, it was two weeks before I had slept with my husband, and I ended up getting pregnant. Long story short, for years, we thought it was now my ex-husband's. It wasn't. It was the other guy's. That baby is what saved my life. I stopped drinking, running around, etc. We will be referring to the baby as Belle. I married again a few years later. Boy, was that one a mistake, also two years. However, I did get two wonderful children out of that. One boy, Jerry, who was disabled, and Rita, a girl. I dated for years and had some long relationships, but was just never ready to settle down. I started dating my current husband, I will refer to him as Truett, in 2006. Things were great in the beginning. I remember the day he stole my heart. My second ex-husband was supposed to come by and get the two youngest. They were only 16 months apart, but he never showed. I called Truett to say that I wasn't going to make it over because the little one's father was a no-show and that happens often and how sorry I was. Truett said, I just want to be with you. I don't care about the kids. That was it for me. We dated and lived together until we married in April of 2012. My whole life changed that year. In December of 2011, Belle came to me when she was leaving for boot camp. She said, Ma, I can't leave you knowing you're going to be alone. I don't like it. Why don't you just marry Truett? You've been dating him and living on and off with him for years now. While she was gone, those words ate at me. I guess a few months went by, and I went to Truett and said, You marry me or I'm done. Well, we planned it and got married in April of 2012. In August of 2012, I put my daughter on a plane to visit a friend in New Jersey. Belle would be coming home in two weeks, but there was an accident. Belle didn't make it back home. Truett, who has been my husband for all of four and a half months, was working out of town. I called him on that early Sunday afternoon to inform him that Belle had passed away. I don't remember much after that. I remember drinking. I remember telling my mom to get these people out of my fucking house, yelling at God asking why. My husband came home the day before her service and left the morning after her service. I was angry at everyone and everything. I can remember my husband calling me two weeks later, saying he quit his job and was coming home, that Belle had come to him in a dream, saying he was needed at home. That just made me argue on so many levels. See, I had been sleeping with her ashes, and since he was coming home now, I wouldn't be able to. That made me mad. 
in my mind, it was his fault. That if I had not married him, she would have never left me, and now he was taking her away again. A year went by, and my depression had set in, but I really wasn't aware of it. I was working a full-time job and a part-time job. I didn't have time to think anymore. I had left Truett. Things just weren't working for me. I was just so angry for so many reasons. Our separation lasted about four to six months. We were back together. I had quit my job and was just really doing nothing. Truett decided that he was going to buy some business. He purchased a construction company and a nail salon, to which I was helping with all of them. There was this worker of his named Jack. Jack and I had to work closely together on something for the construction company, and this is where it all began. We talked about it before we crossed that line. He was living with a woman. I was married to the man he worked for. Oh my God, the first time was so exhilarating. I was so nervous, butterflies in my stomach. I hadn't had those since Butler. We would always meet at this sleazy motel. It was clean, but it was called Paradise Motel. We did this three to four times a week. Somehow, we managed to see each other every day. I was enjoying my first time, and I couldn't tell you how long. My kids were on their own doing well. I was at a point where I was looking at life as, you should spend every moment living as if it was your last. Tell everyone you know I love you, because you never know when it would be your last. A few months went by, and Truett got wind of our affair. By now, I had already basically been gone, saved up enough cash to help us get through for a little while. Jack was already packed staying in a motel room. Within a week, Jack and I found a place to live. This is where we stayed for about three months. It was great for a while, on top of the world. Jack started drinking a lot. I found him stealing my Adderall, and I was starting to really get depressed. A few weeks went by, and I fell into a deep depression, trying to kill myself, and at some point, called Truett. Next thing I know, I am at his house, and the next morning, I'm going to the hospital to be checked in. I stayed there for two weeks. Jack came every day. He was the only one on my list to visit besides my kids. When I left, I returned home to Jack. Jack, after another few weeks, decided he wanted to go back to his old girlfriend, so he left. As he was walking out the door, I said, Jack Hayes, you walk out that door, you will never walk back in again. He continued walking. Jack called me about six months later, saying he was sorry that he had chosen the wrong person, that he loved me so much still, and he wanted our notebook love back. That's what we called it. We were just like them. I told Jack he needed to be telling this to the woman he left me for and reminded him of my words. You walk out that door, you will never walk back again. And I hung up the phone. Around three weeks after my hospital stay and counseling and what I had been going through, I reached out to Truett and asked if he could come over and talk. We decided we would try again, so back home I went again. This went back and forth for years, and I was going through my grieving stage in years of therapy. Truett and I have been able to work through my affair. We both have learned how to forgive, love, and trust, and grow as our lives have changed. Rebecca, side note to everyone. Does Truett throw Jack up in my face? He does, but nothing like he used to. I used to feel guilty in the beginning, 
I learned to set that free. When it happens, which is very rare, I just look at him and say, I don't feel guilty anymore. I have said that I am sorry and I have asked God to forgive me. I can't do any more than that. It's on you now. I still say to this day, tell people you love them because you never know when it's the last. In memory of Belle, 1993 to 2012, Jerry, 1996 to 2020. Oh my gosh, I really had a hard time getting through this, especially right here at the end in memory of. Bethany, I don't know how. I don't know how you're still standing on two feet with the loss of two children. You must be the most incredibly strong woman there is to be able to withstand such pain and agony. And considering all of that, especially with Jerry being a new recent death, I just want to say a special thank you for being willing to share your story. I mean, you're going through so much and you've been through so much and ah, I, my heart goes out to you. I hope that you and Truett can continue healing your relationship and going forward. And it's refreshing to hear you say that you've, you have asked for forgiveness. You've forgiven yourself and True, it needs to learn how to forgive you wholly because you can't keep using it as a tool. If, if a couple decides to go forward and work on their relationship and their marriage, they can't be reaching into their little bag of tricks and throw it at somebody when it's convenient. So I'm glad to hear that you actually stand up and say, wait a minute, no, I can only do this so much and I've done what I can, and now you need to figure it out. So I think that that advice that you um, wanted me to mention there to the listeners is good advice. And again, I thank you, and my heart does go out to you. Thank you all for tuning in to another great episode of Raw True Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support, it just blows me away. And, you know, if you have a story that you would like to share you know, send me an email. It goes to Rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. And that could be, you know, if you're a husband or a boyfriend who's been cheated on, or maybe you're in an uh, unfaithful situation of your own, and you really need to kind of get it off your chest or kind of try and work through what it is you've done or what it is you're doing, you know, you're welcome to send me a message as well. If anybody has any great ideas for a midweek ponder, I'd love to hear that. Um, you can go to my website and oh, also on my website, um, you can sign up for Patreon. And if you're not familiar with what a Patreon is, it's basically a premium part of my podcast. So everybody listens to this podcast on Apple or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever, and it's for free. But when you subscribe um, to my Patreon, it's like $3 plus tax a month. And what you do is you get extra episodes. So you get the bonus episodes. And those are typically of the men's versions of what they went through when their wives were cheating, as well as their own infidelity. Um, You get access to these episodes like this in the Midweek Ponder two days early. You get my blooper reels where I'm usually cussing and they're quite comical at times, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. 
But you know what? On my website, you can sign up for Patreon. You can vote for me to be back in the Hot 50. Keep me on that uh, podcast magazine Hot 50 list. Um, You can visit the merch store because I know I talked about that on previous episodes. I have so many different... um, Things to choose from in the No Judgment merch store. Coffee mugs, tumblers, um, a mask, tis the season, right? Blankets, journals. And that journal, my main thing was really wanting to offer a coffee cup and a journal because women, we're going to drink our coffee or our tea and a lot of us need to write things down. And this is a private journal and it says no judgment on it. So you honestly know you are writing. It's no judgment. Um, let me see here. I've got some hoodies, some lady shirts. And again, if any men are really, really wanting to get a men's t-shirt that says no judgment on it, just let me know and I can make that available. Um, but there's hoodies and um, I think there might be a couple more things. Oh yeah, magnets. My husband said, I thought you were going to only offer a couple of things. And I thought, well, you know what? Maybe somebody might want a hoodie. I don't know. I'm not them. So anyways, all of that stuff, the voting, the merch, the Patreon, you can listen to regular episodes, you can send me an email, all of that from my website. And that's rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com or you can just email me at rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Thanks so much again for for being a supporter and listening. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Be kind to one another. Please, please, and I'm going to continue saying this up until and after the election, and that's about as political as I will get, other than my crack about the uh, first um, presidential debate. Yeah, I said that on the midweek ponder. Um, But just please respect one another's opinions. Um, It's a crazy world we're living in right now with everything. And everybody's just trying to stay sane. And I don't feel it's fair that a person can't um, say that maybe they believe on one side of the political uh, spectrum without being harangued by somebody who disagrees. It's okay to agree to disagree, but a person shouldn't feel persecuted because they want Trump or because they want Biden or they don't want either one or whatever, you know, just like I always say with everything else, seek to understand, find out what it is that they see in this specific candidate or side of the politics or whatever. And, you know, just kindly educate one another. Don't be mean. Um, Just please be kind. And on that note, as I always say, no judgment. Goodbye.